0: A well-respected high school football scout Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary The Coach Keith Miller They bring you the transparent truth The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews The transparent tr- 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 <laughs> truth <laughs> Welcome, welcome You're now listening to The Transparent Truth It's your boy, Coach Keith Five-star Friday I know you're used to the matchup show And that matchup's weren't that great this week. So we got a five-star Friday guest, and he's a very special one at that. But before we get to him, we have to remind you that every week on this show, we have a Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry's all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really entrenched in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, now we'd like to bring in our guest for today's show. Five-Star Friday is always special. we got a special guest today, a guy I'd like to think of as, you know, probably the first dual-threat quarterback in the modern spread era, played at Oregon in the 99, I believe he, that was his last year. But let me bring in um, the, the, the son of San Diego. Number three overall draft pick, Mr. Akili Smith. Keely, what's going on?
1: How you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Just, uh, you know, getting ready for my son's practice and getting ready for Linfield and always watching football, trying to get
0: better. Always watching football, trying to get better. Sounds familiar, my man. Sounds very, very familiar. So, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I know you're a fan of the show. You listen in quite often. And uh, it's great to have you here on a Friday. Of course, you know, uh, national high school games all across the country, some big games here in Southern California. But um, today, this show is about you and your journey. So let's get right to it. You know, for those people who don't know Akili Smith personally, and for those who didn't know him as an athlete or professionally, we're going to go through the entire gamut. So let's start at the beginning. Akili Smith as a youth football player. What position did you play? Who were you? Were you always this dominant figure? How did that all play out?
1: Well, to be honest, um, the first time that I started to play football was at Skyline Park in Southeast San Diego, and I started off as a defensive lineman. Nice. And the first year that um, I played, I ended up getting cut because I was too young. And I walked home that day and I cried uh, as I walked home by myself in tears. And then the next year is when my dad put me at quarterback.
0: And that's when everything completely changed. Did your dad coach your team the next year? No, he was a
1: normal dad. He was, you know, he was old school. You know, he was that dad that, you know, yelled from the stands and talked to the to the coaches after practice. We had the tires in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I had to throw the balls through the tires. And mm-hmm. There were days where I couldn't even eat. Wow. Um, until I got my workout in, yeah, it was it was it was serious coming out of Southeast. But I look back on it and I think thank God my dad instilled all of those things in me.
0: Okay, so let's go back to that first year. You got cut. You were too young. You played defensive tackle. How did that feel? Walking home by yourself, knowing you just got cut. How did that make you feel as a young kid?
1: It it it, it, it was it was frustrating. Especially when I was one of the younger ones on the team, but I was still able to compete with older kids. Mm-hmm. And it put something in me and in my dad that, you know, it was, son, we just got to work harder. Uh, you were too young this year, but we got to get ready for next year. And me actually getting cut uh, lit a fire under me, and it paid off for me.
0: Right. So it leads me to my next question. How did things change for you um, in the offseason leading up to the next season? You talked a little bit about, some training regimens that your dad employed for you, what else changed? Was there a mentality change? Was there a a, a body, um, you know, change? What, what else changed for you um, that really pushed you uh, to be that guy the next year as a quarterback?
1: Yeah, it was definitely a mentality change. You know, it was more of, okay, son, what position do you want to play? What do you want to do? I told my dad quarterback, and then from there, it was working on footwork. It was throwing a lot of footballs. It was throwing some tires. It was getting your workout in in a garage. And then that next year, we were able to have some success up at Skyline Park, and
0: we were able to go to the Cubo Bowl, and that pretty much catapulted my career. So second year football, or really first year, you play quarterback, you have some success. Was was Akili Smith, the, the the quarterback, was he born then and there or did you start to ascend later on in your youth career?
1: I think I was born then. And okay. the reason I say that is because um, I had to compete to win that job. Okay. And coming back and being cut and everybody uh, potentially laughing at you for being too young, it forced me to work harder. Uh, in the offseason to get ready for that
0: following year. There's nothing wrong with that. So, moving on in your youth career, let's get to about the middle school age. Middle Mm -hmm. school is always a very awkward time. Young boys and young girls alike, right? Guys are starting to get their coordination. Some guys are growing to be tall. Some guys aren't. Who were you in middle school, and how did... The development from, you know, early youth years to middle school, how did that help you um, achieve at that middle school level in youth football?
1: Well, to be honest with you, coming up, I've I've always been the best at the position and one of the best athletes uh, in San Diego. Mm -hmm. You know, I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball. And when I got to middle school, I was always one of the taller kids that can pretty much play all three sports um, at a high level and I think it started when again I was cut and it forced me to work harder than everybody else
0: uh, in the southeast community tell me about your environment as a young as a young boy you talked about you got cut your feelings were hurt it bothers you you went you went to work in the backyard with your dad what was your environment like not just in your home but outside your home and in the surrounding areas
1: well, it, it, it was like anybody else who lives in the LA area or lives in the inner cities and the, the hoods, if you will, across the country. You know, I've, I've dealt with, you know, mom on welfare and we had to push the grocery basket home every first of the month and getting dropped off at your dad's house on the weekend and seeing your mom in domestic violence when you go back over there and he's your stepdad. Um, my dad was in the penitentiary he spent three and a half years in the penitentiary um there's a lot that that went on in my life um that tried to prevent me from making it mm-hmm. but because of the mental toughness that my dad instilled in me we were able to successfully make it out of
0: that environment absolutely that that ability to navigate because you right. navigated some tough waters as a young kid you'll be able to navigate it as you kind of got older and matriculated through school. Let's talk a little bit about going to Lincoln High School. That's where you graduated Mm -hmm. from. Was that just the local school, or was there a pull to that school for you?
1: Well, it was interesting because uh, I'll give you a backdrop on how the southeast community works. I I played for Skyline, and obviously there's some gang affiliation in Skyline, and our neighboring school was Moore's. Mm-hmm. But my dad graduated from Lincoln, which is our rival school, and the rival youth organization is called Valencia Park. So I grew up playing against all those guys all my life. And then the next thing you know, my dad just drops me off at school in rival territory. Right. And that's how, you know, things pretty much started. But because of me getting cut and because of me having to work hard and things of that nature, I went into Lincoln High School with my. With my chest back Ready for whatever Was about to happen On that first day of school And those guys Opened me with With open arms And next thing you know You know We were Playing for championships And league championships And we won CIF And basketball And things of that nature And everybody had Respected me Because of what we did In youth
0: That's interesting Tell me about Some of the Lessons that you learned From going to a school where a lot of your rivals ended up attending. What lessons did you learn when you first got on campus and began to assimilate um, into the, the Lincoln culture?
1: Well, the, the biggest thing is that you could see the respect that I developed from Tiny Mike all the way up to midget, middle school and things of that nature because nobody could really say anything and they were actually happy that I was now on their team. And that's what it's all about, where you play so hard, you work so hard, you, you, you help win in basketball, baseball, and football. And then for you to finally have an opportunity to jump to the rival team, it just showed that everything that you have been doing as a kid all the way up to middle school paid off.
0: So you're at Lincoln. The Keeley Smith era is about to start. When did you first touch a varsity field? And what was that first varsity game like, if you remember?
1: Well, the, the first varsity game that I ever played against, or played in, was against Dorsey. Mm. And it was it was Shaman Shaw. Ooh. And it was, yeah, it was Keyshawn Johnson. Yes, sir. And 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 Damian was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I still messed around with him. Damian was the quarterback for Dorsey during that time. And we were able to squeak out a victory against Dorsey 12 to 6 in San Diego. Wow. And I didn't play as well as I wanted to play. We made some plays on offense, made some crucial throws. The defense played well, and um, we were able to, to squeak out a victory against Dorsey.
0: Wow, that I mean, what a star-studded game! You talk about Sharman Shaw, which is later known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, played at UCLA, played in the mm-hmm. NFL for multiple years. Keyshawn Johnson, number one overall pick out of USC, Akili Smith, number three overall. I mean, mm-hmm. what a what a star-studded affair! That uh, that could have been or should have been, but a, a twelve to six sounds like a defensive battle. But talk to me about your varsity career, Keely. Was that your sophomore year or your junior year that you started? That, that was that was my
1: that was my junior year. Okay. Uh, at Lincoln at Lincoln High School. My sophomore year, my dad had me bouncing around a little bit at different schools because a lot of you got to remember at that time. They didn't want brothers at quarterback, Okay. so my dad was bouncing me around a little bit just trying to find an opportunity for me to play quarterback because they wanted to move me to receiver, and they wanted to move me to defensive back, so we finally found an opportunity for me uh, to play quarterback, and um, it ended up paying off for us.
0: So take me through your varsity career. Your junior year, you start, you get a win, you squeak out a win. 12-6 versus Dorothy in a <laughs> defensive struggle. Make a couple of throws. Make a couple of plays. You get a W. But take me through right. your varsity career. Take me through your junior year. You know, what were some of the highlights? How did it end? Then, then let's talk about your senior year. Well, my,
1: my junior year, we ended up losing to San Pasquale in the playoffs. We were on our way on the game-winning drive against San Pasquale and our starting running back fumbled the ball. And that was uh, the end of my junior year and i would say this about my junior year we had so much talent mm. on that team we just couldn't pull it together as a team because to be honest with you there were guys who were affiliated with different gangs and sure. doing different things that they had no business doing i'm sure you know the story yeah we all know the story of those guys who were extremely talented mm-hmm. but they just choose, chose chose to go a different route right. yeah there you go we we all we all know the stories and then Moving forward into my senior year, I ended up being the third-rated quarterback in the nation. Uh, we went to the Cal camps. We went to UCLA camps. We went to all kind of kind of camps. My dad took me there. Some of my coaches took me there. And what's ironic about my senior year is that we had 49 drop balls. Wow. 49 drop balls. I think it's a record in San Diego. And, um, you know, things didn't go as well as we wanted it to go. But we had a few kids on that team that did get scholarship offers and we had a couple
0: of kids that got drafted in baseball. Nice. Nice. So, third-ranked quarterback in the nation. A bunch of drop balls your senior year, but still, people could see the talent. They knew the mm-hmm. skill level. They knew it was a special player quarterback at Lincoln High School in the late 1990s, but you weren't able to get to a university fresh out of high school. Tell the people Talk to the fans about, you know, what happened, why it happened, and what you felt like you could have or should have done differently.
1: Well, out of high school, um, I ended up going to play minor league baseball with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I got drafted in the seventh round and wouldn't play baseball for two and a half years. Now, that was more of my dad's dream. Okay. My dad got drafted by the California Angels, and he wanted me to pursue – his dream, but the whole time that I was playing baseball, all I thought about was football. Right. And I tried my dad's dream uh, for two and a half years. It didn't work out. I ended up coming back to San Diego, going to Grossmont Junior College and uh, ended up playing two years there and I signed with the University of Oregon outside of Grossmont Junior College. But what a lot of people don't realize is after Lincoln was complete, after my senior year, I ended up signing with San Diego State. Oh. So I Yeah, so I signed with San Diego State to try to stay home. And then um, I ended up getting drafted in baseball, took the money and ran and went and played baseball. And then
0: when I came back, I ended up going back to my junior college. How do you feel about making that decision to go play baseball? It sounds like you were kind of living your jazz dream, like you talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any regrets about that?
1: No regrets at all. I mean uh, The contract was $103,000 In 1993 was 55000 cash 48000 for school And for a 17-year-old kid In Southeast San Diego A dad who Spent some time In the penitentiary And was working at uh, Roar And stepmom was working At General Dynamics That was just That's hard for us To pass on As a family Okay So I, I completely Understand uh, My dad's Decision You know But now Looking back on it uh, the same thing that I've been talking to uh, DJ's dad about, Big David. It's, hmm. it's going to be hard if DJ gets drafted high to play baseball to pass on that amount of money um, at this time when it's guaranteed. Right. You have to take the guaranteed money, predicated on what your financial situation is.
0: Because there's no guaranteed money in in college football. I can tell you that right now. There you.
1: <laughs> there you go. So why not? You know, sign with. The Minnesota Twins, and you know, play two years or whatever the case may be in their farm system, see how things go, and then you can always go back to Clemson. You know, that's 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 going to be there, you know sure. what I mean? So, I'm curious, I'm curious to see what decision they make.
0: Sure, no question about it. Let's get back to you. Um, so y- y- you come back, you go to Grossmont. Tell me about your time at Grossmont. I mean, you know, junior college is, is a familiar place for a lot of people. I went to junior college. Um, it's a it's a different animal. Junior college is. Tell me about coming back to Grossmont, playing there for two years, and what that experience was like.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love junior college. You know, when I got back, I ended up splitting time my uh, freshman year because I just I hadn't thrown the football in so long. So it was splitting time. It was getting back used to being in the saddle, taking a three step drop, a five step drop, running play action, and things of that nature. Uh, getting acquainted with the football staff, getting acquainted with your teammates and things of that nature. Sure. We had a pretty good season. We went to a bowl game my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, uh, we ended up being ranked in the nation. We lost to El Camino uh, in a bowl game, 35, 34. We, we missed the extra point. But I ended up being the number one ranked quarterback in the nation. Mm-hmm. You know, So, again, um, the decision paid off. Uh, things went well. and I, And I'll say this. Too many people look down on junior colleges, and it's wrong. I mean, a junior college is an opportunity for any student athlete to continue their development, to pick up some classes in hopes of going to
0: a four-year. Absolutely, 100% agree. I think the perception around junior college is wrong and unfair, and it has negative connotations when it's actually a terrific opportunity to go out and prove yourself with a second chance um, on a higher level. So, um, you know, I'm with you on that. Let's move forward. You get recruited. You're the top quarterback in the country. Coming out of junior college, why Oregon? Why Eugene?
1: Well, when uh, Mike Bellotti and Chris Peterson, who is now at UW, when they uh, came to recruit me, um, they presented some facts. Now, this is going to blow you away. Back then, at that time, Oregon had the most wins in the Pac-10. And when I seen that stat, I was thinking it was going to be SC. It was no doubt it was going to be SC. Sure. But at that time, Oregon had the most wins in the Pac-10. Uh, I went out there and was able to see the facilities. They talked about the new Moskowski Center being built. They talked about the new scoreboard and everything that was coming down the pipeline in Eugene and coach Bellotti and coach Peterson did a great job of recruiting me and it was just no way that I was turning down that opportunity.
0: Wow. So you you make the trip to, to Eugene, Oregon. You're going to go be a Duck. What was the culture shock like? I'm sure there had to be one, right? You come from Southeast right. San, San Diego. You 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 migrate to Eugene, Oregon. What was that culture shock like for you as a what a 19, 20-year-old kid?
1: Yeah, it was a big culture shock because we're talking about the University of Oregon is only, you know, 3% brothers and the majority of the brothers and sisters play sport. Yes. So it was definitely a culture shock and it was more of us sticking together out there, making sure we get the study hall, making sure we get our workouts in and things of that nature. But we adapted well to the surroundings and the situation and we were able to have some fun out there in Eugene.
0: No question about it. So you get on campus, culture shock, the whole nine. But when you get on that football field, I'm sure that was your safe haven. What was the depth chart like when you when you walked into the facility for the first time? You know, who did you have to compete with to win the job, and what were the perspectives like for you to get that job?
1: Well, similar to uh, my freshman year, splitting time. I was splitting time again my junior year. Mm -hmm. You know, just getting adapted to the speed and things of that nature. I ended up beating him out to start against the University of Arizona. We had a big win against the University of Arizona. I don't know if you remember this name. Saladin McCullough (laughs) was our our starting running back. Absolutely. (laughs) You know about the whole McCullough family, Suti and all those guys. So he was able to run a kickoff back and he saved us in that game. And I did some things well my junior year, but again i just wasn't as focused as i needed to be uh my junior year and things definitely changed uh going into my senior year
0: what took away from your focus well it was just going into a new college town Mm -hmm. and and being
1: a man on campus and finally being away from home and having a car out there and you know back then they used to call them keggers and you know you got guys that used to just have kegs you go over there and you're partying and you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing in right. college.
0: Right. And
1: I got myself into some trouble my junior year in that offseason. And I said to myself, you know what? It's time to focus up. Right. And when I was able
0: to focus up, that's why my numbers were uh, so good my senior year. Okay, so let's get to that senior year. I know for me, that's when I became a big Akili Smith fan. I remember sitting around in my home 99, and I'm like, man, you got we gotta watch Keeley Smith get out for Oregon. That boy's bad. Tell me about that offseason going into that senior year, because that's always a big piece. That's always a big piece. So tell me about the offseason, what you did, how what was the focus level, what was the mentality, and then let's talk about that senior year at Oregon, that spectacular senior year at Oregon.
1: Well, to be honest with you, it was the hiring of Jeff Tepper. Mm. Um, Dirk Cutter, who was just uh, the head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. he was our offensive coordinator, quarterback coach my junior year. And for whatever reason, the way that he explained things and the lack of my focus and him being able to reach me, it just it didn't work. Okay. And when Jeff Tedford came in, he sat me down, and we had a heart-to-heart conversation. Mm-hmm. He's like, you have tremendous ability. Um, I heard you got yourself in some trouble. We're going to have to get you back focused. Instead of running early in the morning when you get in trouble, we're going to work on drops. And just his approach and how he handled me and developed me was just absolutely incredible.
0: Right. And we were able to do some phenomenal things under Jeff Tepper, uh, my senior year. The quarterback whisperer of the West Coast. No question about it. is his resume is long and, and gaudy. But let's get into that senior year, Keeley. What do you remember? What stands out to you from your senior year at Oregon?
1: What stands out was just the amount of work that we put in in the offseason and welcoming Michigan State mm. into Austin Stadium that first year. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was a Nick Saban coached yes. Michigan State team. Yes. And when I say we handled them, I mean our shoulder pads were off in the third quarter. Right. It was it was it was that bad. And it, it, it felt good to know that we were able to play like that because of all the hard work that we were able to put in uh, with the strength and conditioning program with Jeff Tefford and basically listening to what Mike Bellotti was trying
0: to instill in our team. Wow, that that's that's awesome. So you go from a kid who was cut from his first team to a high school kid who chooses baseball to the number one rated junior college quarterback in the nation. Now you're at Oregon your senior year. You guys just blow out Michigan State and your profile is starting to rise. Tell me about the the publicity and all the outside noise that was going on at this time when you really started to blow up on a national scale.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was good to finally see all the hard work paying off and basically doing your best to stay humble and Jeff Tepper just, you know, pretty much keeping me under wraps. You know, I, I just can't say enough about Teffert and what he was able to do with me in Eugene because after the Michigan State game and then about three or four games into the season, that's when the Heisman campaign started, and that's when Kitty Smith really started to step on the national uh, stage because of the focus that I started to exhibit out there in Oregon.
0: No question about it. Can you tell me why was it important for you to stay humble In this time where things were starting to get a little wild, you know, just on the sidelines, right? Sidelines meaning just the the noise and all the chatter nationally. Why was it important for you to stay humble?
1: You know, this is one thing that I talk to my guys about because there was a lot of times when I came off the field and I asked my teammates, is the game moving in slow motion? Mm-hmm. You know, when, you, when you're when you out there on the field and the game is moving in slow motion, the defenders are moving in slow motion, and you see them line up in a look that you worked on um, in practice, you have to have the ability to stay in that zone. Mm-hmm. And you have to live in that zone. And, you know, for me, um, at that time, I was able to get in that zone, stay in that zone. We had a great senior uh, campaign. The only game that we really got blown out um, my senior year was against Arizona. Outside of that, every other game we had an opportunity to win. And again, it just goes back to what Jeff Tepper was able to do, as far as helping me get in that zone and just stay in the moment.
0: Senior year's winding down. You guys, um, I want to say you guys were nine and three. Is is that sound about accurate going into the bowl game?
1: Yeah, we were. I think it was eight and three.
0: Okay, eight and three going into the bowl game. Your last college game was in Hawaii. What do you remember about that game?
1: Well, I just remember starting off slow. We mm-hmm. started off slow with some some things that uh, we wanted to do on offense that didn't work. We fell behind. And, my God, I was taking some shots from the likes of Hannibal Navies and some of these other guys that played in the NFL. They had a great defensive secondary that we just haven't seen before. My number one receiver was suspended. His name was Tony Hartley, so yep. we had to put in... Some different receivers, and we just started slow. Right. And the next thing you know, it was just like, we got to wake up. You know, we got family members at home that's watching this game. It's on Christmas Day. Right. And we had a conversation at halftime that we wasn't gonna go out like this. And we tried to rally back to win that game,
0: but we just fell short. I remember that game closely. My 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 close friend, my my best man, in my wedding was Jay Sean Sykes. And yes, uh, he was a linebacker on that team. <laughs> Hannibal Nabies was another linebacker. My man Dan Graham was a tight end. We ended up winning the Mackey Award. So um, it was a really good game. Really good game. Physical game. A lot of playmaking yep. going on. I remember Tony Hartley well, Los Alamitos receiver. Um, yep. So, yeah, let, let's, let's move on. After that game, Akili, I mean, people were talking about you being the number one overall pick. What did that feel like? It,
1: it, it felt good just to even be in that conversation, you know, coming from junior college, a kid just from, you know, Southeast San Diego who played baseball, who had to fight through Juco, who had to fight through his junior year. And now he's potentially been a number one pick of the draft. That's just, that that was huge. How did things it, cha- it, I'm sorry, go ahead. And it, it just, it, it was, it was, it, it felt good just because, you know, you put the work in to yeah. get to that point.
0: How did things change for you? If if they did change at all, people, environment, socially, how did things change leading into that draft where you potentially were the number one overall selection in the NFL draft?
1: Well, again, it 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 it, it kind of forced me to stay humble, but it actually took me back to some of my days at Skyline and some of my days at Lincoln and in junior college where I have always been like one of the top kids uh, in my area. So it felt good to finally be back in that space because after my junior year, nobody knew what to expect from the Keith Smith. Right. You know, I was splitting time. We had won the Vegas bowl game. I got myself in some trouble. A lot of sat me down and said, Keith, I know you got a lot of ability, but we don't know what to expect because of the lack of focus. And it felt good just to see the results once you really focus up and then get some of the proper coaches.
0: No question about it. Draft night. Let's go go on just draft night or draft day. Tell me about that experience. You know, most people, 99% of people in the world will never experience that. Tell the listeners about the experience of draft day and being drafted number three overall.
1: It was an unbelievable uh, experience. Um, I was hoping that I went number one because of the competitive juices, but uh, the story – it's kind of interesting to where we didn't know what was going on until I got on the elevator going down to the draft, and Tim Couch was on the elevator. Elevator, him and his family were very excited. Somebody else got onto the elevator and asked him why were they so excited, and he said we had just been picked um, first in the NFL draft.
0: And that's how you found and out. That,
1: and that's how, <laughs> and that's how I found out. Tim Couch had already knew that he was going number one prior to us even making it to uh, Madison Square Garden.
0: You're in the green room. You're sitting down at the table with your family. Your phone rings. What are you thinking?
1: I'm thinking it's it's finally here. And, um, you know, all my family was there. Lee Steinberg uh, initially took the phone call and then he passed me the phone and, you just go back to all the work that you put in as a kid, all the trials and tribulations, the good decisions you made, the bad decisions you made, and now you're finally getting ready to walk on the stage as the third pick of the NFL draft.
0: Man, what a what a what an unbelievable feeling that must have been! You walk on stage, you shake the commissioner's hand, you put on the hat. Tell me about that experience.
1: It was a great experience to shake his hand. Um, all the family uh, was there. I was a little bit nervous to be out there in front of everybody on the national stage like that, um, representing our school, the University of Oregon. But again, it was just all of the hard work and finally having an opportunity Uh, to go out there and showcase your skills at the next level.
0: At the highest level, right? The highest level of football. I mean, that's, you know, what what most kids who play football are shooting for. Um, I want to wrap this up, but can you sum up what it means to you, Akili, to go from being cut Southeast San Diego to going number three overall? Sum up what it meant to you holistically.
1: It, it, was just, it, it was just an unbelievable feeling because you know so many people. We all know so many people who were way more talented than you right. that just didn't make the right decision. Right. And for you to make the right decision and have a dad in your life and have a stepmom in your life and an uncle and an auntie and all these people in your life that were able to instill those values into you, um, it was just an absolute blessing.
0: Yeah, no, no, no question about it, man. So now, you know, you're 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 coaching. You have a son. I believe you're coaching, correct? Right. Okay. Where, where does your son play? Where are you coaching at?
1: Well, right now, my son is playing for the 12U IE Ducks. Um, we just played Week One uh, and won that game. And then I'm actually coaching at Linfield Christian um, as well with Deshaun Burns.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Um, is there anything else that you're involved in that you want the people to know? Um, They they can find you or they can contact you. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, just be on the lookout for a lot of stuff that we got coming on. Our nonprofit is called Connecting Hope in San Diego. The Akini Smith Foundation is about to fire uh, back up. And then be on the look for All-Star Games, high school All-Star Games, junior college All-Star Games. We have a lot of stuff that we got coming down the pipeline. And I will be reaching out to a lot of people to see who wants to get involved, to what capacity, so that we can make these events go well.
0: No question. Whether you have it here first, ladies and gentlemen, the exclusive. Number three overall draft pick, All-American quarterback out of Oregon, out of Grossmont, out of Lincoln High School, out of Skyline Pop Warner, Mr. Akili, Akili Smith. <laughs> Akili, I appreciate you for joining The Truth. Thank you so much for being a supporter. and uh, Godspeed moving forward and good luck to your son and you as you guys finish uh, the rest of your IE Ducks 12U season. All right, thanks a lot. No doubt. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, thanks so much for joining us on The Transparent Truth. I hope you enjoyed Akili Smith, a San Diego legend, uh, Oregon football star, and uh, a number three overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, I appreciate him for coming on the show. But, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that little treat from Akili Smith. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Transparent Truth. Please, please. Tap in with us next week as we'll be back for our regular Wednesday show and Friday matchup show. Without further ado, there's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all
1: be cool.